previously on each one teach one i'm just gonna go in active duty and i did it and it was great you know like straight out of college college loans and you know we financially like i wasn't gonna go to college and then just you know try to figure out what else is out there when you know you have opportunities like this that i know that to further my my education and just to build a profession it seemed like the best path for me at the time and yeah first duty station korea and that was great because honestly i would say if you have the opportunity or the army wants to do this right I, every soldier should experience korea as their first duty station you're just focused on training you build that brotherhood and sisterhood because you only got each other out there and it was great it was welcome to each one teach one where wisdom takes the lead i'm ricky monte your guide on this journey of shared knowledge and wisdom let's dive in in all these patch ceremonies in korea which it was pretty cool. I got free rides to Ch in Chinooks to go to Humphreys to fly out for rehearsal Hi. and for the ceremonies. And, you know, I'm, I'm out there and it sucks, but I always make sure I'm like, don't try not to move an inch. Just stay there still. This is just temporary. You're not <laughs> going to be here forever. But I make sure that I represent right. And that is the pride um, that you have to have. You can't always i think of course leaders have to help you feel that pride and show you that to be proud of where you are but at the same time you also have to dig into yourself and feel that pride yourself because when you're prideful about something you're also committed and you have to be committed on what you do and that's that's kind of like the mentality that brought me up to where how my career in the army went and preparing myself personally um, in the professional level is that mentality on whatever you do, try to do it always the best you can, but also be prideful on what you do because that pride is what's gonna drive you every day to do it. And it's okay to have those bad days. Like we're not perfect, but never letting that take away or slow you down on the process that right there is the key and I think a lot of people have to me included have to keep that in mind because it's so uh, tough sometimes whenever you're going through that journey to remember that this is all a part of the process and to remember like you said you know symbolically stand still um, when you're that guide um, it's like you're really the representation of that entire unit. Your discipline reflects is the first thing that people see from afar. It must be seen that this unit is disciplined because look at the first individual we see holding their colors. You were the one that was prideful in a good way because when we think back to that year, you know, July 10th, 2014, you know, when you're holding those colors and you receive coins and, recommenda and recommendations and all these accommodations from your command sergeant major and you receive that coin, how did that make you feel? Oh man, it feels great. Um, you know, I, <laughs> some, as, 
the more time you have in the army, sometimes like you feel less appreciative of coins that you get because you're just like, oh, another coin. But man, <laughs> I will tell you that like I always so I always feel prideful of whenever I get a coin and I get excited about it, not because of the coin itself, but also though every time I get a coin for me, it's like a memory, right? I can look at my coin and be like, oh, I got this for this. I got this two ID coin because it was the army's birthday and it was pouring rain outside and it was windy and camp red cloud and um, every single unit that I was that was out there from two ID. We were all like, now nah, we're going to be out here in the rain for the whole ceremony. We don't need to bring it in. And, you know, like we we all like felt like happy to do it it wasn't like we were forced to do it we had an option but you know we were just like no man this is gonna be cool like we're just gonna be out in the rain holding this flag it's just gonna get heavy and whatever but we were excited about it and like when i look at that coin that's what i think about and uh those every little recognition i think it's very important you can't take that for granted because there's gonna be a point that you're gonna look back and whether you have it in a box and you see it or you have you know you have family members and you your sons and daughters or great grandkids later on and they see that they're not going to see like oh you got a coin because you know you did no matter how little the task it was you know they're going to see that coin and be like oh what's this and you're going to explain to them like oh that was when i was in this unit this is what i did with this unit and blah 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 and I stood in the rain for a very long time, <laughs> very still. <laughs> yep, exactly, and it and it's 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 crazy, man. I I would say that every single coin, like I'm always excited about it, and if I have a duplicate, I usually just give it to someone that I know appreciates the military. That it's not in the military, yeah. like I have uh, family friends and like family itself that. You know they love hearing about the military and you know i already had a duplicate and i give him the coin and i tell him like hey this is why i got this coin i want you to have them i want you to have this one and it and it, and it brings joy because at the end of the day we're doing that we're doing this for them we're doing this right. for our country and giving just that little piece back if one it feels great and two they really truly appreciate it and like that happiness that brings and that joy that brings to them for me like it's enough no matter how i got that coin but for me it's just a special moment so that that's how i feel about those recognitions especially when it comes to coins absolutely and i mean i've had my fair share of coins given and i think it's some it was like tradition for me too because i remember a lot of these you know command sergeant major that was the in charge of the unit or the you know first sergeant whatever the key leader in my uh immediate life at that time had their collection and it, it and it would tell a story you know of where they were like you said and i was like man that right there is what i want to be a part of and korea was my first duty station to 20 2010 and coins were such a big thing it was like a challenge coin too like if someone coin outranked your coin if you had a presidential coin 
it was just like, man, it was like a sign that you were actually going and getting after it. And I don't know what happened to the, you know, the coin or the value of it, kind of how it dwindled away. But I wish that would come back so that uh, a lot of the soldiers that are now in coming up, they get a chance to be a part of something and, and to be able to pass it on to family members and kids as well. Because my son probably has like most of my coins because he likes to just take them <laughs> and just collect. I, I don't know. I just let him do his thing. I'm like, wait, I know I had more coins than this. <laughs> wait, that wait. is amazing. <laughs> do you have a favorite coin? I would say so that 2ID coin that I talked about it's one of my favorite coins and then my other favorite coin was from now retired command sergeant major James Platt yeah um so a little backstory on that one whenever I first got to the unit um back in 2020 um they they were having the best warrior competition for the brigade and you know i was brand new and i didn't think about it and then uh, we had another sergeant major at the time and he's like hey you should do this he's like you're new and i was like sure i'll do it because one <laughs> like i just got there and i didn't want my first impression to be like no um and whatever it, it, it gives me it. something to do too because <laughs> this is like still we just kind of like got out of like the whole COVID stage but we were still in it so there wasn't much going on and so it gave me like time to do something to keep myself busy and anyways Sergeant Major Platt comes in and um, I get to meet him and he's like two weeks in and he pulls me to the office he's like hey I heard um, you're doing um, the best warrior competition like how, how are you feeling like be honest um, and, and I told him I was like you know of course uh, I enjoy doing competitions um, and I just got here so I'm trying to kind of like figure out how everything works and he was like man I think this will be a great opportunity but then again you just got here it's midst of COVID you have a wife like what um, you know we can discuss this there's always someone else that can go but uh you know uh, i think it will be a great experience and when he said that i'm like man this <laughs> this man is not even worried about sending somebody to a competition right. he is worried about making sure that i'm taking care of myself and my family first and at that point i was i was like you know what like somebody like this i there's no way that i'm gonna get out of this competition i'm gonna do it and i i told him like hey i'm i'm ready for it and this is what i'm gonna do to train for it it's like all right whatever you need whatever time you need you know you have it and you know as i got closer oh oh a hundred percent you know he does and mm -hmm. like uh, probably like a week out uh, before the competition, he's like, he's like, hey, Sergeant V, you know, he is like always happy. Always. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, hey, so how are you feeling? And I was like, I feel pretty good, Sergeant Major. You know, just a couple of things I need to brush up on. Like, man, like, doesn't matter what happens in the competition. Like, I'm very 
thankful that you know you're representing the battalion and that for me says everything it doesn't matter if you win I don't, I don't care what happens i just wanted to tell you that like i really appreciate you representing this battalion and at that moment you kind of like feel like you know like when a dad tells you that and like you don't want to let him down so like now you, oh, you better like <laughs> you're like okay now i really have to win this right uh, long, long story short yeah, exactly and uh, even though I knew 100% he truly meant that. And yeah. um, I did the competition. I ended up winning the brigade competition and going to, they had them together. It was the Fort Knox and the First Army East competition. So I went out to Fort Knox to do it. It was a great experience. Probably the best experience that, one of the best experiences that I've had in the Army was during that competition. Like we did things that, I would never do unless I was doing it for that competition. Like it, it was, it was such a great event, and he gave me that that opportunity. And like before I went out there, that's when I got that coin. Um, just you know, um, as for representing the battalion and all of that, and so so that one means a lot to me because that was so. Is that retired command sergeant major platt first army one or was that is it was that the first army coin or is that yeah the... it, it, no oh. it was a brigade a brigade coin brigade. the brigade yeah okay. yeah but he was the one who presented it to me and right. at the time it was uh colonel perry and um oh, yes. yes yes and when um so that coin means a lot to me because that was so so Retired Command Sergeant Major Platt, for me, he's been the best leader I've ever had and also one of the best, like, greatest person I've ever met in my life. So, like, this is, like, a person that I know that for the rest of my life, I'll stay in contact with him, um, mm -hmm. always keep in touch um, because he's had a great influence in me, not only with the Army. In the Army, like, he set me up. To success just like he does everybody else it's not like he everybody. selects people he does it to everybody, everybody. and it takes so, the time too exactly like he takes away from his time to do it and that's why that coin means so much to me i'm telling you yeah i look listen i'm glad you mentioned it so i could i was going to get into that but you mentioned it first retired command sergeant major Platt is you're not you're not lying um, I've never seen anybody take that much time and effort um, and talk about selfless service to say, hey, I know this, 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 and that person is getting ready to be evaluated for boards. I'm going to ensure that you are 110% prepared for what you are up against. I'm going to ensure that you get all of the necessary schools, education on the Army side, you know, civilian side, if it's available, I don't care where it's located. If you can find a school, you're you're gonna go because he believed in putting your career and your education at the forefront and actually making sure that the leaders that were he was in charge of were prepared to step out of that organization to, to lead the rest of the entire army. And I believe that anyone who's ever been under his leadership will say the same. That, yep. That is a hundred percent right. Yeah, uh, I don't think that I would have even gotten a time first class without him. Um, yeah, I've had <laughs> Same several time. conversations with him. Several. 
Same here. I mean, it sucks um, that I had to give it up because it was a 36-month um, yeah. commitment. But, I mean, he got me there. I got it within just shy of being eight years in the Army, getting picked up. And for I, it doesn't matter that I didn't. I'm not going to separate with that rank, but I know I did it. And, you know, I know I deserve that rank. I I did my work, but like, it's like we've had this conversation before. Um, and I, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about it. So it's, I, I'm a true believer that like, you know, it's just a rank. I've already right. been doing what the rank that was going to be given me, it was going to get uh, be given to me. I was already putting in that work. And I, one of my biggest pet peeves was actually whenever people say like, you know, I do what my rank can handle because I can tell you, man, like from a very young stage of my career, I've always had leaders that I know have had more trust in me than they had in a lot of their senior leaders. Like as an E5, I was covering headquarters platoon. And then like a little bit after I got E6, this is in uh, Baker Battery 3321. And I had that trust from the commander and from the first sergeant. And because I didn't do what my rank can handle. I knew my rank can handle more as as a person. I know that I can do more for the unit. I don't do it just because like, oh, I have I'm in this position of power or whatever. It's more of you know what it's expected and based on for example, you know, your at the time my commander, I know what was expected from him from the battalion commander. And I always thought, what can I do ahead before it even comes down that I can have ready? So one, it could already be done. Two, when it comes down and if it's not done, then now it's people are just going to be like, oh, more last minute things or like more tasks. So at the end of the day, like those always thinking ahead and always thinking uh, like how like that saying of think two ranks ahead of you. Um, I I think it's really helpful because you don't know the impact that it has in the unit when you know that you've already taken care of things and now your commander is not stressed out about it. And which, you know, we're all human beings. That stress can lead down to the troops and like um, have a negative effect in the unit. So, you know, whatever I can do to help like I, I didn't think about it like, oh, we need to get this done. It's like, okay, what can make it easier for everybody? And, you know, be prepared for whatever it was. What can I do for it? And having that mentality definitely helps a lot. Absolutely. You got to be prepared, not surprised. Mm-hmm. And uh, you spoke to being in Baker Battery 3321. You came at uh, a pivotal time in the career of that unit because it was just established uh, as a high Mars or re-established, I should say, um, in 18th Fires Brigade as a high Mars uh, battalion to the sister battalion, 327. Um, how did it feel to be a part of uh, that legacy coming in, in what, I believe, 2015? Yeah, 20, April 2015 was when I got to brag. 
And funny story about that. Um, so when I first came in, um, you know, I had that same Korea mentality of, you know, you're going to show up to S1 and you're going to have that uniform nice and pressed and it's going to look good and you're going to be disciplined and give the best impression. And I get in there and the NCOI, the S1 NCOIC is there and he's like, hey, uh, what can I do for you? What is it, Vincente? He's like, Roger, Sergeant. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she's, and then she points me to another NCO to do my paperwork for in processing. And as I'm there, um, <laughs> I guess she talked to the Sergeant Major and was like, hey, we got this new soldier. I think he will be a great command driver for you. And I was like, man, I was in Korea doing command driver. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm gonna get here and do it again. Like, this is not what I stand up for. But so like I mentioned you before, you know, because oh, like you, you know, is that a part of your job or is like no? I, I mean, like I was a 13 papa, so like I did get my FTC experience in Korea. Um, but you know, I was also a command driver, and um, when you first come in and you think about command driver, you're like, man, like. I'm not doing the job that I'm doing, but I can tell you, like, for those young soldiers coming in, if you get command driver, like, that's, it's almost like a new community that you're going to know because you're going to know everybody at your battalion headquarters. And you get to know all the leaders. You're going to have more leaders that are going to be there for, for mentoring you. And, you know, you get to pick their brains when you're, at the battalion and it's almost like i don't want to call it networking but it, it, it you kind of like build yourself like people in the battalion are gonna know who you are and if you're doing the right thing they're gonna know who you are and have that trust in you that if something comes up they're like hey i think they they can feel comfortable reaching up to you and be like hey um you mind helping me with this because sometimes like yeah like you think about it and you're like man you know like i don't like doing extra stuff because people just come to you but <laughs> i my mentality is is that i like making people feel comfortable enough that they can come up to me because the moment that people are not coming up to me that's the moment that i should worry that's the problem um, <laughs> yeah and and that's when um so yeah, so I was command command driver for probably like three months. A new SAR major came in. I was his command driver probably like for two weeks. And he's like, you know what? Like, you shouldn't be a command driver. And I just got specialist at the time too. Um, maybe like two months prior, he's like, you know, the, um, the way that you are, like you will be a great leader so he's like, you're not going to be my driver anymore. You're going to go to Baker Battery and you're going to be laterally promoted to a corporal and you're going to be in the Bach FDC. I was like, oh, cool. But nervous I at the same time. <laughs> it's like, I'm going back to. <laughs> oh, man. Go... Going back to FDC and as a leader. So now I'm like, well, this is how I get back is as a leader. So I know my, the expectations are going to be high. I'm going to, now I need to learn, you know, a new battery and all of that. But 
it was great, man. Like most of my young career was at Baker Battery until like my last year and a half that I moved up to Battalion again. Um, and yeah, that was that was my experience of going into Baker Battery, and I did my deployments with them, um, and I stayed there until 2018, late 2018, late 20. Then after that, I went to Battalion until. I came to Fort Dix, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, because I think I went over to 327 and hopped on that other deployment. But um, I remember, you know, looking at it from an outside point of view, I remember seeing you when you got there. And I was like, that dude was just a specialist, I want to say. Like, wait a minute. Like, dude, okay, he's high speed. Let me just keep my eyes on. I was like, he's always squared away. His uniform is always sharp. And he's not even in my battery. But whenever I was on staff duty, I just was always remembering seeing you go back and forth or whenever you were moving through because if you know three two one you could kind of cut through the back door and it go through <laughs> yeah. some people would always cut through you know what i mean but uh yeah. that door was supposed to be shut but we always <laughs> hit that little <laughs> sidewalk because especially able battery we were basically connected to it so oh man i just remember seeing you and i was just like you know what he's going places and you were just winning boards. And I remember seeing you in your uniform. You know, me, I always walk back and forth, kind of, you know, on the spot. Hey, man, you squared away, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I see you move, you know. And I always made it a point, you know, when I would just kind of be in passing when I saw you to remind you um, of the greatness that I saw in you at that stage. Because Fort Bragg, North Carolina is not an easy place to survive in. It's probably one of the most high-paced bases you can be in other than yeah, I guess you could say for Campbell or for Drum. I mean, yeah, it's you're gonna run every day of that week, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. and it's human. <laughs> so, if you can stay motivated at four or five in the morning and run, and knowing that you're gonna run four to five miles in the morning, uh, it definitely sets aside a lot of individuals. It cuts a lot of people who don't really want to be there, um, and puts them on the wayside. But another thing that I saw, um that you kind of flew over because you're so humble. Actually had airsaw at a very young stage in your career, which is a key indicator of someone who is has a keen sense of awareness and attention to detail, because um, you absolutely have to know what you're doing in order to pass those three phases of airsaw school. Could you uh, talk a little bit about the experiences in uh, airsaw school and in, uh, in Korea? Yeah, that was actually a really cool experience, mostly because like I was a PFC. So at the time, now Sergeant Major Taylor, he was my first sergeant at the time in Korea. Um, I've been in Korea probably like for two months at this point or three. And they've mentioned that aerosol, that aerosol was gonna happen in September and you have to go through this air assault course, um, PT every morning to see if you were going because there was only four slots for the battalion. Mm. So in order for you to get the slots, you had to uh, do that PT every day. And once you were done with the PT, then brigade was going to run the actual air assault obstacle course and the 12 mile run. And based on that, then if you did all the obstacle course um, and passed it, then you moved on to the rug. And then on the rug, 
whoever were the top five or the, the top four, the top five, how many slots we had it was four or five, then would go along and get the air assault uh, slot. And for all the civilians, for, hold on, for, for all the civilians, what is a ruck? Oh, uh, so ruck march, it's more of, so imagine carrying at least 35 pounds on your back and for that one was a 12 mile and you have to do it in under three hours but now you're competing for a a slot to go into this course so you can't come close to that three hours you gotta be well under that (laughs) at least in the 220s to like try to get in so (laughs) you could kind of like do the math of like what your average pace is with this weight and have also gear on and but it was it was a fun experience and i got so i got the slot to go to it and my first sergeant he was air assault mm. he pulls me into the office and he's like hey pfc vincente i love being air assault and now that you got this slot if you don't get air assault and you waste that slot, don't even think about coming back to my battery. <laughs> Which I didn't know at the time, like if he was like joking or right. not, but of course like he was very supportive of it and like make sure that I was ready and all of that good stuff. Yeah. But you know, I'm a, I'm a PFC and I've only been in Korea for like three months. And before that I have, I don't know. I didn't know anything about the military. I'm the first one in my family, other than my cousin at the time, who was in the National Guard, um, who were in the military. So I'm like, oh man, okay, I, I got to pass this. <laughs> and I go through the course and everything. I, you know, I went, uh, we're doing day zero, getting smoked, and then like you're doing the obstacle course. But then between each obstacle course, um, there's you get smoked before going to the next one and it's korea so some of them have a little hill oh man and so you're anyways a- i <laughs> what was that so you're doing like physical exercises like up downs you're doing like flutter kicks you're doing like all types of craziness in between the actual main objective exactly <laughs> and i it was i was like man like don't i need to be like recovering right now to go to the next one but <laughs> You would think I got it done. Yeah, but nope, uh, they were trying to weed out people. So um, I got through that, got through all the exams, and then we get to the last portion that everybody dreads, which is the sling load. Mm. And I remember this area being the most, well, when I really think about it, it was probably one of the most stressful moments of my career because <laughs> <laughs> so I get through I go through the deficiencies and I get to the A22 bag A22 cargo bag baby dude I get to it and I'm a no-go on that first try and you only get two tries right and so now they're like all right go stand over there and then when everybody goes through then we're gonna go for the people that need a second attempt and you can't and even watch them do i no you gotta go somewhere I was, else <laughs> i was there waiting for almost two hours just 
thinking about like, man, this is it. Is this it? I'm like, not going oh, back no. to my battery. And because I failed this one and I might fail it again. So like it took, like I was in that mental state like for 20 minutes. And then like, I kind of like snapped out of it. And I was like, okay, now let's go back to that 822 bag and think. So that was the only one. What you did I learn? Do or you had to redo um, that, everything. That was the only one. Okay. So, okay. Let me yeah. pause. And I want to expound on this a little bit. So listeners, he said, basically, airsoft school is three phases. So he passed the first phase. He passed the aircraft orientation test, aircraft safety test. He did all his familiar, um, you know, for the aircraft stuff. He's knocked all that stuff out. He's moved on to phase two. He's done the written test. Now he's done. He's doing sling load operations. You have to learn eight loads it depends on where you're at sabalowski the aerosol school quote unquote at you know fort campbell <laughs> they make them learn everything but uh at fort bragg at when it was still there the glopper aerosol school you had to learn eight loads so that's the different ways that you would have this equipment needs to be inspected you know it needs to be done correctly and you need to make sure things are done in the right order and it is time that Vicente forgot to mention to you guys. That's why he was stressing. You got two minutes. You got two yep. minutes. And you got to find four deficiencies. And you don't know what they are. You hope that you've done preparation for about 48 to 72 hours max on memorizing all of the different loads that you have to learn. And one of those that he's talking about is probably one of the most difficult. And I actually struggled on that one too. So don't feel no type of way. Most people <laughs> who have been to airsoft school know the A22 cargo bag is the one that always gets people. Um, so the A22, the A22 cargo bag, you got the, the cargo net. Um, you have the fuel oblivion, if you're lucky. You have the water trailer and you have the Humvee. Um, yep. You know, sometimes they might throw in the howitzer if you're at certain locations and the howitzer is its own beast by itself because of all the different type three nylon that it requires. But A22 cargo bag, back to that. I had to explain that because some people are like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, um, it's a lot of information, guys, I know. But once you're already locked in, like Vicente is at this point, the A22 cargo bag is wrapped like a Christmas present. It's literally, imagine a box and it is... Um, on all four sides, it is supposed to be fixed with Type 3 nylon, which most common military folks know as 550 cord. Known commonly for 550 cord because of the 550 pound rated capacity. But let me stop nerding out in my aerosol ways. I'll, I'll let you get back to that. I just wanted to give a little background footnote for those guys, but proceed. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was a, a perfect. Um, explanation. It sorry, was, I was like visualizing it at the same time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes, like, man, this, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do this and whatever. And then, like, I snapped out of it and I just started, like, in my mind, like, thinking, okay, this is what I know about the A22 bags. Like, these were the common deficiencies. And um, almost two hours later, I go back to the bag and I pass it. And it was like the biggest relief that I've felt. I was like, whoa, okay. Because they're I'm watching you while you do this inspection the whole time. Oh, yeah. And I want to say 
the last thing after that was, I mean, after that, I think we had the 12 mile run because I remember we did it at night. Well, y'all did the and rappel, then you did your last thing. The rappel, that's then right. You did, that's right. Yeah. No, oh, that's right. Yeah, the rappel, because, yeah, no, you're part. right. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. It was, you get through this and then you get to do the fun part. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I get to that. I, Finish the sling load. I'm good to go, and got to rappel out of a helicopter. And for me, like that was like such a cool experience. Like I, I would never do that uh, <laughs> ever again. Were you? So, were you afraid? Be honest. So it was. It was definitely a little nerve wracking at the beginning, just because you know you make you're making pretty much like for i guess in civilian terms like you're making your seat out of ropes and you have to be the one who makes it so like <laughs> you better make sure you did it right <laughs> it's, true. it's a swiss seat guys you gotta tie this thing yourself it's your fault <laughs> you tie it you so ride that, it <laughs> so i triple quadruple checked my my little rope seat and um get in the aircraft and where i think it was i want to say there was four two on each side of course like we wait till one goes down and then the next one goes um but it was such a cool experience because i remember repelling off the wall and it's a little bit faster coming out of the wall or at least it felt faster than coming out of the aircraft and i didn't know it was because of the wind because you're kind of like uh it's kind of like pushing you a bit so it felt like going slower and i was like oh wow this is actually pretty cool <laughs> and like i just wanted to do it again but of course like no, you only go once yeah like, but it was yeah. <laughs> it was such a cool experience and like at the, um so i got to korea end of march april may june july august beginning of september so i've been yeah i think i've been in the army for like five months at this time so like to be a PFC and like already repelled out of a helicopter, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and not and, many people have that badge when you, especially at that young stage in your career. Imagine going back to your unit, it was like, what? Yeah, and and I'm glad to like gotten it in Korea too because I felt like I had to earn that spot to even go to the school. And like for me, like that's like very rewarding like how you get things like and like you know you earned it like it's it's such a great feeling and i did my 12 mile rug which i've already at this point with all the aerosol pt like been comfortable with um and now you're then PT it's graduation stud. you're a pt stud bro don't don't be bashful you're used a PT to stud, dude you used you were to a lightning <laughs> Used to keyword, nah. <laughs> man. I'm not doing PT with Vicente. Nah, he's like, I'm just going for a light jog seven miles later. Nah, <laughs> oh man, but like a PSC doing it. Like, so what was the reaction when you got back? Because I met you had a lot of things to hold. So, your first time your sergeant major met you at the graduation because that, that 12 miler is like the same day as the graduation, right? Yeah, we um, so we did it, at, we did it at night. <laughs> Oh, nice. So, yeah, so we did it at night, which it was pretty cool. And then we were able to, like, pretty much shower. And the next day, uh, I think it was, like, at 0900, you had the 2 ID 
um, command team come down for graduation okay. and or come up <laughs> and um, then you had like whoever you wanted to pin you so like I had my first sergeant pin me since um, he you know with the whole you better get air so mm-hmm. I was like well I guess no better person to pin me than him um, <laughs> but he was but he was super proud of it like it, I, I know like he was joking about it of course but um it was it was such a cool experience like it 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 was also at that point in my career that i'm like oh okay like this is the school that i was with like it was senior ncos in there in that school and like i did it too so it kind of like gave me like that perspective of like okay i can pretty much do anything in the army like i don't have to worry about being a pfc or a specialist or whatever like as long as you can do it and you put your time into it, like you can do whatever school you want in the army. You just have to prove that you can do it. You can't just be like, I want to go to this school and you haven't done anything to prep for it. Right. If you prep for it, I'm a true believer that rank would not matter if you already prep for it and you're ready for it. Absolutely, man. You, you said some powerful words there because I didn't even realize it at that stage because I was a specialist when I went to airsoft school. But you're absolutely correct. Um, rank really kind of went out the window. Um, and I mm-hmm. met like in day zero, we were stripped ACUs at the time. So, yeah. so you didn't know, you know, so you kind of like, hey, what's up, man? Like, what's up, bro? You know, like you just kind of just toughing it out. Like you're saying, you're getting smoked, you know, you're getting exhausted. You're, you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. You got sand all over your face, and you you <laughs> just trying to make it with each other. You're trying to like just watch out for the instructors. Like, hey, look, I'm gonna pause on the air squad. You look this way. I look that way. You know. Um, and then when you finally realize when you go graduate, who like, dude, you're first sergeant. Like, dude, you're captain. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mind blowing. But then you're like, I am capable. You're so correct on that because um, that did help me propel. Um, my mindset in the military and saying that it's about uh, designing, the system is designed for you to think, not fail. Um, And if you can imagine that you can achieve it and prepare yourself for that amount of, uh, you know, mental fortitude that you must possess, as well as, you know, it's, it's physically exhausting, but more mental than anything, because 12 miles is a very long time to um, walk with us a, a, a sack of you know whatever weight on your back and then also have water because you have to finish a whole canteen by at the six mile marker and then you got to yeah. finish another canteen it's just mentally exhausting you're like oh my god i gotta get this water down because they don't want me to pass out but i also don't want to like throw up either <laughs> drinking all this water <laughs> yep Cause like for me, I was at Fort Hood. It was really dry, um, and they had the mile one mile marker identified by blue chem lights. So I was kind of like walking it down. I would run a mile, walk a mile, run a mile, walk a mile, and I'm like 22. So I mean, I got my Nike boots on. I'm cruising. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I am yeah. cruising, bro. Um, and I want to say. Uh, the turnaround item was the airsoft wings, which is so motivating. Um, so I, I stomached down that canteen as I like saw the little station set up. I was like, go, 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 like, hurry up, just start running and sprinting to it. 
got to the six mile marker, he handed me my chem light uh, or handed me the the airsoft wings. And I showed my chem light over it. I was like, man, these are my wings. Like all I gotta do is six more miles, six more. Fill up my canteen. I hurried up, you know, cause time is still it's not stopped, you know. What I mean? So I'm like, man, I gotta hurry up. And um, <laughs> I book it, man. I just like strapped that thing on took a big gulp of water and I just took off into the dark because I think we stopped off at 03 and um you know three hour march so it puts you at 606 so I'm still going and I can see kind of the moon like kind of fading away and I'm like oh man like I don't think I had my clock or anything at that time but uh, I just kept moving and just kept moving and I had my head down so long just zoning out singing cadence Cause you gotta really talk to yourself or something, you know. It's mile nine. I'm looking like it's mile nine. Oh my god, I'm almost there. I got three miles left. And then it's like a sharp pain hits me in my stomach, man. A sharp, sharp pain. And I'm like, oh my god, not now, not now, please. Like, oh my god, I just gotta make. I, I, I'm squeezing, look, yo, I am squeezing my airsoft wing so tight, like, it's embedded in my hand, like, I'm like, you know what, I just put the wings in my mouth, like, just put, use both my hands, strap my weapon across, because you got full battle rattle on, man, you're so uncomfortable, yeah. everything I hurts. forgot about the weapon, yeah, the, you, how could, you, <laughs> <laughs> weapon, you know, like, like, like then, there was no rubber duckies, <laughs> these are real, these are yeah. the real clink clink weapons, so I'm like, yeah. This is no strap. <laughs> that strap is messed up, man. I'm just trying to get into a good spot and, and a good pace. And I look up, man, and I see that guide on because he was already the guide on is like the fastest person. So I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can see the guide on. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good to go. And I can start hearing them calling out that time. And they're like, 217, 218. I was like, oh my God, I'm good. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> It's like a big smile just overwhelmed. Like all that pain I felt, man, it just went away, you know, because it was like, it is over. It is over. I never had to say airsoft, airsoft, airsoft again. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll go and be a instructor. <laughs> I would like to say that. And then you go to hear it again every day. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to go to oh, um, you know, airsoft school again, basically, because you got to inspect all the loads. You got to do all that. You got to get memorize your slides and all that stuff man it's crazy oh man but, but i think it's the um, never ending desire to learn i think that's what it is for me and you both i i i think so yeah we have very 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 similar mentality which i think that's kind of how we met in fort bragg like just outside in the parking lot just talking we've seen each other but like i remember i was probably probably had like five more months before I left. It's a little bit before the whole COVID happened. We had a conversation. I was like, man, I can't believe like, I haven't talked to him before like this long and had like a conversation. And then um, you end up deploying and you're in deployment together with my sister-in-law, Sarah. And then you come back straight to Fort Dix where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, I had a conversation with you and you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm an OCT and I'm like, man that's amazing i was like oh i'm so happy to hear that and i was like man like i just hope you know i'll see you soon you know i'll see you just all i said i was like i'll see you soon that's just kind of possible <laughs> so 
you mentioned uh, earlier the Nike boots, and it just kind of like reminded me a little hidden fact about me. I have never bought boots in the army. What? I so I've gotten issued from basic training, and then I broke I broke into them and broke them in, and I was like, oh, these are perfect rut boots. And then I get a new pair um, through um, supply, like during the RFI process, I think it was. Yeah. And so I got two boots. Um, and then within when I was in deployment, I got a couple of more pair of boots with the which it was already the new boots with the new standard. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I have boots and these are broken in perfect for rug. And I honestly like always thought that they were comfortable. So like I don't know what it feels like to like be in like wow. you know a Nike or like any. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you're doing all that good running. And imagine how fast you would have been if you put some Nike on. Like, oh, <laughs> you put some Rockies on, you probably would have been taking off, and you've been breaking records. You'd have been all army. <laughs> I had no idea, you know, and I've always been one of those like leaders. I kind of scan, like, I guess your uniform was just squared away. Like, I could look at the boots. I was like, well, you know, those boots are still clean. I mean, it, <laughs> I never even thought to even look. Yeah, it, wow. and it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, these are my army issue boots. Like, it had nothing to do with that. It was. <laughs> I it was you were just some, like basic training, like the little <laughs> motorpool boots. I was like, oh man. <laughs> it was just kind of like, you know what, like. I honestly don't feel like these are uncomfortable. I did get um, soles for them though. That oh, I did no. do. I did not like just kept them with anything. Like I, I always, you know, try to take care of my feet just because running and all of that and like, but it still catches up to you. It still Eventually. got messed up anyways. <laughs> um, I do it so much. Yep. But yeah, that was a, a little fact that I just remember about when you mentioned Nike boots and I only have less than two months in the army, so I don't think I'll be getting a pair. <laughs> nah, nah, man. And, and you've done plenty with what you've had. And, and it, exactly. speaks, it speaks volumes to, you know, you noticing what you can do with and without. Um, and that kind of speaks to, you know, you financially and um, what do you think has been kind of the key factor in you kind of establishing yourself financially, helping yourself along your journey? Um, well, the the main thing was always the TSP. Like, mm. it always had to had have a minimum of like that ten percent, and I'm glad I did. And then um, there was, I think, like early on, especially like the beginning of Fort Bragg um, in Korea. I wouldn't say like I was like financially stable it was like one of those times that like you know growing up in dominican republic we just kind of like had like what we had and then um it, i mean like towards like my last years of high school like my dad was able to like start his own small business so we were like in that middle class um so um but finances like wasn't really a talk so it wasn't until like coming back from deployment and then you know I kind of like started thinking more about finances and then like uh, that was like the same time like I met my wife and then like we started getting serious and I was like okay like this is serious so 
um, I also like started thinking more about finances and um, then I that's um, how I found out about like crypto and she she's actually more big into crypto than I am um, so my with um, my father-in-law he's really big into crypto and he was the one who introduced me to it and my wife and um, so it's been pretty it's a cool process it's not something that me saying this I am recommending I think it's important to um, educate yourself and know more about it because it's not something that you're just gonna put like whatever you have in savings to it right um, it's not but it's advice. it's yeah it's it's one of those little things that like it's it's been great and then um, also you know always moving around my TSP um, because that's my retirement um, right so you know as an e6 you can't like you kind of have like enough to like be stable so like um i would say yeah like that's like the main thing is just um always thinking about like the little amount that you can put into like for investment especially um, and I, I know I mentioned a lot TSP, but I mentioned it because I know for soldiers, like younger soldiers, that's the easiest way to do it. Um, that's something that, you know, you're putting your money into it. You don't even see it going into it. And you will be glad when you're, you know, five, 10 year in the army, you see that. You're right. Like, Whoa. Okay. This is where all this money has gone to. Right. And, um, and then if you decide to retire, like, man, like it's a huge difference starting from when you first get into the army or like your first two years and starting when you're like five or six years in, um, it makes a huge difference. So it's, it's an easy way to do your investment. And then like, once you start learning about it, um, you know, if you feel like you have extra savings, then like, you know, you can start looking into options, whether if it's like with a financial institution and a firm, um, it doesn't what those are like scary terms, I guess, because it was it, it's it's been scary terms for me too. like when you think firms and like these big financial institutions, you think like you have to have at least hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the important thing is like to start and the best way to start um, is with your TSP like don't sleep on it trust me it's nice like I'm about um, I'm actually right now in the process of whether if I'm gonna transfer it to whatever um, 401 I'm gonna be in for my new career or if I'm just gonna leave it there until I retire and I can't put money into it but it can just sit there so I'm still trying to see like what will be the best option for that but um it's, it's it's nice man it's nice it's it's a great way to start um and uh, especially as a young soldier like you know i did i'm not gonna lie like you know i started and um i've never had a car until i got to the army like um my i was i came from the Dominican republic when i was 17 uh, so I got here, I lived in New York City, so, you know, they had public transportation. Um, and then after that, I went to Syracuse for college and 
I was on campus, so I didn't need a car. And then I go to Korea and I don't need a car. You definitely not getting a car there. So it wasn't until I got, so it wasn't until 2015 that I've gotten my first car and I was 25 years old. I mean, I, I drove, I knew how to drive and because I, I grew up driving like <laughs> probably like since I was like 13 in Dominican Republic. <laughs> but that was the first time that I've ever owned a car and um, not gonna lie, like the payments, I should have gone a little bit lower on the payments, like <laughs> on, on the car payments. Um, but um, lesson learned from that, just letting y'all know, like, you know, we all make mistakes and um, it was, it was like, it was more like I was putting in more into that car payment than what I should have to like be saving more. So um, I got rid of the car and that's when I got the car that I have now. So I've had it for over five years now, my Elantra, 40 miles per gallon, it's great. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so, like, Especially you know, those, <laughs> those, those are like, um, the like the different like thought process that like I, I grew, like while being in the army. It's like changing that aspect of your life, like on certain things, because um, that's the important thing. Like, it doesn't matter, like if you're in a situation right now that you feel like you know, you can't save or whatever but just like that was like i think like my first moment of like oh i can actually make certain changes to like be more like financially stable um yeah and it, and i and it's still like a work in progress um like i still want to be able to be it, it never stops like i want to be more financially stable i want to be able to like feel more comfortable on you know uh as far as saving goes and like starting a family and then you think about college funds and all of that so it never stops it never stops i think if if you have the mentality of like oh no i'm good like i'm really good with my money then that's then you're not trying to better yourself into putting you into even better situation and if you are great then awesome like then you should then I guess make more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it should never but be. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so it's a, it's an area that I would say like I've definitely had lots of growth on and I still would like to grow more to like even be in a much better financial situation. Right. Yep. And, and the military has afforded you that opportunity from, you know, having the TSP that you mentioned, the uh, which is the Thrift Savings Plan for those that aren't familiar with uh, what that is. It's the equivalent of the 401k that civilians receive. Uh, most service members that I took a poll and they had no idea about the Thrift Savings Plan or haven't uh, enrolled into the Thrift Savings Plan. And uh, for me, I don't know exactly the moment that I got the information but it was someone who harped on it for me very very early on in my career helped me set up the allotment through uh dfas and um i was getting that allotment taken out for my thrift savings plan in addition to that with a, a roth ira as well um 
and I'll speak on, you know, just the traditional and Roth IRAs, you, you, you'll see the difference when it comes to the taxing. One, you'll pay the tax on the front side, and then the other one you'll pay on the back end when you withdraw it. And for me, even at the young age of, you know, 19, I realized Roth was the way to go as far as IRA because the taxes today is obviously going to be a lot cheaper than the taxes at 59 and a half or 65. You know what I mean? So I'd rather pay my taxes now. Suck it up. I don't even care. I can't miss money. I never had anyway. That's what I did too. You know, and and, um, like you said something earlier, it's so much information you were putting out. I just want to like, I was making, I was making mental notes, but you said you, you know, you identified a lot of key things along the way about, you know, financial stability, about what you wanted to plan for the future. It's about creating generational wealth. It's not about uh, establishing what you can do today, but preparing for tomorrow and your family. Once you got with your spouse and, you know, you, you understood that there was something that was going to have to be built to further your dynasty, if you will. Dynasties last forever, you know, uh, and things yeah. that you can pass on and skill sets that you can pass to them and through a monetary value uh, once you leave. And uh, that that was key. Uh, understanding that at a young age, it, it doesn't really happen, and we we have to change that narrative. Uh, so I, I once I found out about the TSP, uh, I want to say I didn't take it serious at first. I knew the money was going in, so it's kind of like, yeah, I'm young, I got money later on coming, so I'm not worried, you know. But truly understanding what it was, I didn't really understand until about 2015 2016 and that was right after the deployment um i started to i sat down you know what I, i'm gonna be honest he was it was a guy he was in three two one with us i want to say his name was presley he had glasses he told yeah, me about I, crypto yeah you know presley i think yeah. you know presley he, he I, I know always. who Presley is. Yeah. yeah. I, as soon as he said Presley, like I pictured the glasses. <laughs> glasses, yep. <laughs> he was always yep. advocating. He was like, duh, you know, Bitcoin, this is us, and Ethereum, and this. And I was like, okay, okay. One day I had staff duty with him. So it was like, there's no escaping. It's 24 hours with this guy. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, so what's, what's up? Like, break it down and give me the nitty gritty. So he explained a lot of things to me. He explained, uh, so if you can imagine trying to talk to somebody from the 1950s about what uh you know streaming platforms are it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a strange occurrence and he's trying to explain to me what the blockchain is what decentralized is and what fungible tokens are and this is 2016 i'm like dude what are you talking about like he's showing me currencies that like this thing's going up and this is this and i want to put things in perspective when he showed me ethereum ethereum was like 150 about 150 dollars Litecoin was like $70 or $45. Bitcoin was like maybe $1,500 to like $3,000. No more than that. And he was explaining it to me. He's like, this is the future. He's like, there's a cap amount of supply as far as Bitcoin goes. It's like $21 And this is the equivalent of gold because the silver will be Ethereum. And he just kept breaking it down and breaking it down. kind of just breaking it down so I could understand and I always think back to that moment you know he's not here to to know this now because he's kind of just popped smoke I don't know what happened but all I want all I want to say is that 2016 Bitcoin went to like 20 grand and I don't know he might have got out of the army or whatever I don't know but he left me with a lot of good information 
that I was able to um, expound on and understand what that is exactly in the blockchain and what Ethereum has and how it has smart contracts now and how they're building onto the actual blockchain and yeah. how it's going to actually move so many things forward and it's already doing leaps and bounds and I've dipped and dabbed into the metaverse and understanding what metadata is but I know you as one who understands the IT world and understands you know financial how does Bitcoin or the blockchain and the decentralizing or uh, defy in all of the world of meta how do we wrap our head around that in layman's terms for this the average person who is trying to get a start and is intimidated by things that they fear of the unknown what would you suggest them to do to get established in that i would the main thing is you know honestly just start by research and don't look at why is the blockchain good or the good things about Ethereum or the good thing about crypto or like what's bad about crypto. Yeah, you can read that later, but first you want to understand what it is. Once you understand what it is, which for example, like with the blockchain, like, you know, when, when I think blockchain, I automatically think web 3.0. So like you see like a lot of like those .io websites mm -hmm. coming up and but um, being in the Have tech field now, two. like <laughs> that, that's like for me, like whenever I hear blockchain, it's like, ooh, blockchain. I just get excited about it because it's, I guess the, I, I need to share, um, I'll share a link with y'all that it's, I saw something that would explain it in I guess the lamest terms into understanding it more, but the main, the main thing, cause I don't want to misguide as far as like information, but the main thing that I can mention about like the blockchain, it's kind of like when the internet first started, um, people, it didn't go straight into being a website. Um, it was internet before the website. So like when you think about it, you know, back in the day, people weren't thinking about like, this is gonna change the world. They were like, what is this thing? Like, whatever, like it can't do this, but it's gonna be a select few people that can actually use this internet thing. And then it becomes something that everybody has within the palm of their hands and like, you use it you might not understand how the internet works or like how your website is made like that's what you have us nerd software engineers for <laughs> and um but you too. <laughs> but you know how to use it and i think um that's why learning about it at like such a young stage now for the blockchain will put you ahead of the curve on whenever it becomes that thing whenever you know you remember seeing the first website or like when you remember having your first computer and using the internet um and we're still in the early stage so i would say i'm not i'm not saying go ahead and you know invest um i'm saying learn about it uh because it's it's in, it's exciting um it's it's the way that the it's moving like the future is moving towards that way but 
it's important to understand it. And I think um, slowly there's material that have been simple that can simplify it to better understand it. But um, you know, that's when the will of knowledge comes in, putting in that time. Um, you know, I know like I've spent whenever I like. I guess I don't know. Fixate is the word, but like if whenever I get on something. I would last hours on it, like whether if it's YouTube videos or internet and like, um, even like buying, like buying things, like I would spend hours and hours of research and not just like in a day, like this, like within like course of months and sometimes like even a year of Mm -hmm. like, okay, now I know all of this and it could be something as simple as like, you know, my wife and I, we love the outdoors and we love camping it could be something as simple as like buying a new piece of camping gear like yep. i go into the depths of like see what it's out there i'm not looking for what is the best i'm looking like based on you know our setup like what's what's gonna make our life easier um and then i do my research and i learn and like then now i have all this knowledge that when we're out like meeting people out in camping we, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, this and this and this. And I'm like, almost like a little YouTuber explaining them all the knowledge that I got. Um, so that's the main thing. Like just, you know, whenever, if you want to learn more about it, like do the research, get that information, learn about it. And then from there, like you can come with your own conclusions or if you need uh, more guidance, like you know, feel free to reach out to me um, and I can put out some resources to better learn like what the blockchain is, understanding a little bit more of crypto. Because when it comes to crypto, um, this is not something that, you know, you're not going to, I, and I think I mentioned it earlier, you're not gonna take your savings and put it in crypto. This is some. This is where the, um, you know, you have a little extra money or like you're going to eat out and instead of eating out, you save that $10 or whatever, or like, you know, you get extra pay and you have like an extra couple of hundred dollars or whatever it is, something that if, cause it happens with the market too, right? The market goes down and you might lose money and it's the same thing. It's like, you want to make sure that if you do lose it that that wasn't your savings that's something that you had and you know based on what like in our experience like we started like back in 2017 like we're still definitely over especially like my wife it's like the bigger investor in it to be honest um but like you know we're married so like i focus more on like the investment with the like the with the public investments and she does more crypto and it's not like she's putting like thousands of dollars at a time it's more like same thing like she has extra money she puts it in and if i have extra money like i make sure i put it in like whatever retirement investment it is and um so even with you know, going down as much as it did, like we're still up 
you know, more than, and this is just a, the, the number up top of my head that it's like lower, like it's still up more than a hundred percent. Like it's still more than three times to, to six times of what we had, even like with going down, of course, like lately it hasn't been that way, but it's not something that you count on that you're going to put in, there's a rise and you're going to take it out. It's right. something that you invest, put it in there, you know you're not counting on that money and you just don't touch it. You just leave it there and yeah, just forget about it. And you know, years to come, like there's some big growth in it and you'll be glad you did it, that you didn't miss out. Um, but then again, like do your information, try to understand it more. Um, and it's uh, it's a little bit less scarier, I would say, than investing like in a firm. Like for, like I mentioned earlier, like it's it's a scary term. Like you think you need a lot of money, and like and I think that's why like crypto, um, it's made it easier. It's made it easier for a lot of people to invest on because you know you can just easily download one of like one of the apps, right? And invest, make sure that it's a secure one and, you know, put in $10 and don't invest on those little coins. Like when you, especially when you're starting, like you don't understand it, you want to know like which one are the stable ones, like, you know, like your Ethereum and, and also Bitcoin, like you're never going to go wrong with those because you don't understand it yet. And there are some coins out there that it's the ones that put like the bad names on crypto and right um you know it's like playing you probably have a better chance on winning the lottery than <laughs> gaining something from it um so if you're going to start again get some information and like look which one are those stable coins and start slowly and forget that you have it there and hopefully one day you see it and you're like, oh man, okay, cool. I have another retirement. <laughs> Look, and you're giving out a lot of great gems. Uh, from my understanding of what you're saying, uh, having the thrift savings plan as your uh, one of your avenues to, you know, your retirement, which within the thrift savings plan, you know, for those that are wondering, you have your your ETFs within there, your bonds, your your C your S, your G, your I funds, and your C funds are your common stocks. Those are gonna be your S&P 500 stocks. You got your S, your small stocks. Those are gonna be like, you're, you're, you're the ones that are still traded on your, your platform apps that you utilize. And you know, your international apps are gonna, your international bonds are gonna be your overseas things like your Mercedes, your Louis Vuitton. You have all the access within your TSP. and. Ultimately, you know, whenever you automatically set it to, you know, default, it puts all the money that's being put in there into the G fund, which is your government. It's the safest fund. It's the, um, the least amount of aggressiveness that is out there for you to put your money in. You're going to accrue, you know, small gains, you know, it has like a 3% or something like that. Um, but right now for me, I'm getting about 11%. Uh, and that's because I did the same thing that, uh, you know, V said that to pay attention, log into your TSP. You know, you can do it right on your phone now. You can do it on your phone, tsp.gov, and make, create your password, guys, and figure out, look, look at what the C is doing, what's happening to government right now with the FOMC meetings, with the Fed, 
Um, we're at our last quarter. This is the best time that the S&P 500, no financial advice, of course, but the S&P 500 is going to raise more in the final quarter within November. This is when your money, things are going to start moving up in the up direction. All your rate hikes are going to stop going up right now because of the, the heightened things that are moving around in the economy. So you just have to pay attention, do your own due diligence and research and figure out if I already have money going into this thrift savings plan. How do I leverage this 6% that the government is going to match me and, and put this 10 to 15 grand that's already been accumulating for the last 10 to 15 years? How do I leverage that to add another 10, 10 to 12% each year to date on the money to beat the market essentially and get a better rate or return on my money than my USA or I don't mean to put any other bank out there, but any bank that would give you on your percentage or anybody that you're gonna pay to go and manage your money for you because now you're leveraging the money that's there it's working for you it's accruing interest over time and now you'll see yourself setting yourself up for financial um greatness like v is doing and then he's doubling down having a recurring you know money coming in with his military paycheck and also saying hey now that i have stocks and bonds you know ETFs and things set aside with Roth IRAs, but now I'm going to sit here and leverage you know additional added funds that I'm not going to you know miscellaneous money, essentially things that I don't really need. I can put this now into crypto and say this is a blockchain. Oh, this is going to move in this direction as far as the future. Um, having understanding that the blockchain is something that can be built upon a Web 3.0. Meaning that right now we're in the 2.0. And, um, you know, for me, I, I kind of utilize MetaMask as one of those uh, platforms for me. And yeah. they're not paying me to say this or anything like that, but I find their, uh, you know, their verification system very, very secure. Um, certain things may slip through here or there because of wallet addresses. But all that being said, it is, you know, one of those places where you see the name popping up and you see Meta constantly notifying that this is moving forward so what are some of the platforms that you utilize on the go as far as uh you know you saying you do just strictly stocks and um, your wife does crypto what, what are some um, key things that you that help you or on the platform side so on the platform side as far as like my side like it's more like just the bank <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and then um, as far as like crypto, um, I've used, um, I only use Coinbase. Um, not sponsored by them, but that's what I use. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got them too. Yeah. They are, okay. Um, so they're going to do yeah. or is, are they good right now? What's that? Are, are, is Coinbase good right now? Or are they under fire? Because there's a lot of discrepancies on back and forth, whether they're. Oh, they're, um, I, I honestly, I, I'll get back to you on that. I'm not sure. Like, uh, with this whole transition, like, haven't even had time to look at Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but uh, <laughs> I'll I'll definitely get back to you about that. I this Yeah, I just heard of this now. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was just, you know, news back and forth. And I know today Bitcoin kind of surged this morning, like like 930. They went back up to like 30K. 
um, off of, you know, some fake news. Uh, I guess they had some <laughs> news saying that BlackRock was going to do some type of uh, uh, ETF or something and establish something with Bitcoin, but that wasn't it. So it shot all the way up and went from like 27.5 or like 28 or something. It's all the way up to three to uh, 30K. And then it kind of shot right back down to it found a new level of support. So that's interesting. But I just thought that I would mention that. I thought that I was like, wow, I'm, I'm recording this and you know, now I'm finding out this information about Bitcoin. Things are moving forward. Um, but do do you find it helpful for you? I know for me, but I, I tend to look at the trend and patterns and um, look at RSIs to see where these stocks are trading when it comes to trading actual stocks. Um, long-term investing is, is uh, something that you're sound in. Do you utilize the dividend reinvesting program or do you utilize just you know some of just some stocks that you just favored over time i would i would say like i'm not like i usually like play it safe like when it comes especially like when it comes to like the common stocks um just because um i wouldn't say like you're like a guru on this <laughs> um for me it's more of what money i can like what like let's say i'm gonna go back to the tsp like in the tsp i look like at the pattern at least like once a month i always like see like what do i have what and what i don't move it every month but i always check just as a reminder like where do i have it and then like based on i have like my news stories um, and like some newspaper articles that would pop up as far as like finance and I'll just based on like what I read I'll just see later on like whenever that quarter hits okay maybe I should move this here move this here and you know I, I still feel like I'm still pretty young so like I'll take the risk on like not have like having more of of my TSP like I don't have to have it like in the government fund mm -hmm. um, so that's my main thing it's like reading to see what's going on in the world or like just in general in finance and then um, seeing where I'm gonna move it next because um, it's it's an area that you can invest a lot of time in and I honestly, I probably should invest more time in it, um, but you can never go wrong with seeing what the trend is and like reading those articles. Like I don't read the newspaper, but I do read it when the articles that I have notifications for come up and it's just easy because it's, it'll be like a easy five, 10 minute read that you can just, you know, read it and see what's going on and um it because everything is for like everything is patience right like it's not like by no means like i don't have like a huge account or anything like that i i probably am like you know like just like anybody in america right now like when it comes to like savings and um like when it comes to um retirement savings and all of that so that's the main thing is like that patience of you want to see like what's 
what's going to be your long-term investment and like playing and seeing where where you can move what and then like for example um and then after that then you can think about like more of like what can be a little bit more like i guess risk and that's like um where like crypto comes in that is you know once you understand it like you put some in and it will grow but then like it might not it might stop for a while so it's it, it kind of becomes again like another long term that you're kind of like having eye on um but yeah like by no means like i i would say that none of this process is going to be like you're going to be a, you know a millionaire in the next three years it's more like when you retire whatever which i still have at least another 30 years like based on my new career like i know i'm gonna be set for like right. an easy retirement i don't have to work more and and it and, and that's the main thing it's that patience right like you're gonna see it even if you see it every year you might be like oh man is this really gonna grow but when i look back five years for the ts like just the tsp like I'm like, whoa, okay, like this is actually growing, and um, I could only imagine like, in, like, investing in my long term for another 30 years. What is that going to look like? And then, like, you know, new career, and you know, more opportunity for savings, and um, yeah, that's an area that like my wife and I right now, like, we're truly like focused on, like, in this new chapter in our lives like with um starting new careers um because you know we're gonna start having children like we didn't have children while we were in the military so like we're planning on that now um so now it's like the time that it's gonna get like more aggressive as far as like you know college funds and all of those stuff so that's for me like that's like my best advice like i the little that i know about it is you know patience is one of the biggest thing and make sure that you start like now absolutely yeah they have, they have uh things called custodial accounts for parents or for expecting you know families uh or you know just something that you just want to surprise your family your kids your spouse or whatever you can establish a custodial account for your kids so it'll grow it grows as they grow so it's now one year old it's now five years old it's 16 you know so whenever they become of you know the college level age they now have a stipend you know that they have going into their account you know what i mean or they could just have a debit card to that account you could set it up on multiple different ways but I definitely say custodial accounts uh, for your for your kids and future kids is something to look into because you you always want to look forward and I think we tend to forget that a lot of the times because of the hustle and the bustle of life and the things that we wrap ourselves up with. But one day we're not going to be here and we shouldn't leave our kids with debt. We should leave them with a legacy filled with you know um, less words of monetary things. And, but also with the uh, the wisdom here that we're imparting tonight. But it's imperative for us to uh, e 
be equally yoked on that aspect because we have to move forward. Um, And I believe it starts with this type of podcast and the show is called Each One Teach One. And I brought you on the show here today so um, that you may impart one of these teaching lessons. Um, What is something key along your lifelong journey that you learned here that you would like to leave with the listeners here? And <laughs> I feel like that should be an easy one and a tough one at the same time. Um, I mean, my, my biggest, I would say the biggest lesson that I learned, and I think I mentioned it a lot also, is one, everything is always with patience and planning um, has been like my two biggest um, key points like throughout my life. Uh, patience planning because whenever I want to do something it doesn't matter what it is like whether if it's like the army career or like now starting my software engineering career um, it takes planning and like that planning means committing that time to whatever that goal is in this case getting that education but also learning the practical industries and you know not just college and patience because it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you, I've been um, pretty much doing uh, programming for pretty much like two years, I would say, or no, actually like three years, but it wasn't until this last year that like, I really committed more time to it. And I was amazed of like the growth that I had by dedicating more of that time, but also at the same time knowing that it's gonna still take more time to be where I wanna be in my career starting, but it brings you back to having that starting point and always remembering when you're having that imposter syndrome of, I don't think this is for me, I'm not as good as everybody who's doing it right now because it it, it happened so many times when I was like going through like doing projects, applications, um, and even now like with the fellowship that I'm in, like it happens, but I know how to, when those moments comes, I know how to get out of it. I know that if I look at myself where I was even a week ago in my fellowship, versus now like it's been a huge growth like it's been such a great experience and like and it's always that it's I know there's going to be something new every day that I'm going to have to learn and to become better but that's how you build it and it's going to be that patience of rebuilding again it's like starting again from zero like a new career and that's scary when you have all this other experience that you know you that you earned throughout the military career. So having that patience of, okay, this is going to take me this amount of time to be at the point where I'm going to be at the position that I see myself, um, that it's similar to kind of like the amount of experience that I have now, but of course, like (laughs) more pay. But like, you, you know what I mean? Like having that, um, 
having having that patience that you're not going to be that you know sergeant major or that captain or that colonel you're just going to be back starting again from zero and you have to come with that awareness that it's going to take time because if you don't then it's going to be very tough and it's already tough transitioning out so it's important to have that self-awareness of you know this is this is how it starts and before you know it time flies by like you're like man like you know i'm a principal engineer or i'm this or whatever um and that's that's my new plan that's where i want to be i want to you know i love the tech world and i want to move up in it and it's going to take me some time to get where i envision myself but i know i'll get there you will definitely get there I think you're taking all the necessary key steps in order to ensure that you set up your family and yourself for success. Uh, and it's definitely key to understand that this was already established for you. Your your first name denotes such. Uh, your name literally means one that is great. And you truly are the epitome of what that means. Your military career speaks volumes and you went and took a leap of faith in uh, you are part of the distinguished Ari Leon Murphy uh, club and how does that make you feel leaving the military service knowing that you are part of the elite uh, fraternity as the Ari Murphy club um it's pretty good I mean it's it's one of those things that I I'm glad I did, and I'm very proud of getting Audie Murphy. I guess the part that it's kind of like, I wouldn't say regret, but kind of a little bit is that I got it when, um, when I decided to go for it was here. And when I went, I still didn't even, I was already planning on getting my degree, but I wasn't still, I was more like 40% that I'm gonna get out. I wasn't really planning on it at the time. Um, so with the Audie Murphy Club, like you always have that stigma that like, you know, they're everybody that, most people that I knew actually when I was in Bragg that were Audie Murphy, like they were just, you know, stuck up people. Like they think they were better than everybody else. And for me, like that deterred me from it. Like I never tried it. Um, the first time was here, actually from the competition that I spoke about earlier when I was in Fort Knox, um, our division sergeant major, um, he, everybody that was part of the division east there, he's like, well, y'all already went through two boards or three, um, so y'all better be ready for the Audie Murphy board. <laughs> so that's kind of like where the Audie Murphy process started. We got that recommendation and then um, I went through it. And when I came back to Bragg and I, I mean, <laughs> to Fort Dix in New Jersey, and I met with the two senior leaders that were running the club here. Um, first signed Hewitt and signed for now, uh, first class Craven they were the most down-to-earth people that i have ever met like just really helpful and like they never made it feel like you know 
you have to do this like they they were like they really truly made it feel that it was voluntary that if you're here like i'm gonna give it my 100 percent like man like i it, it was such a a great experience that i i would i got really excited about it i'm like man i actually want to be part of this club like they were the definition of what the club what the club should be and like what it stands for um so that's what um gave me that motivation to like stuck like stick to it and go to the board and then i got it um and then um now that i have it like i guess this is where the regret part comes in was that i was when i first got it i was it was like that excitement of like I know myself, I know that I'm a humble person. I love I love people, I love everybody that I work with. I'm very approachable and um I'm going to be like that example that like, you know, when soldiers see me in the line back in the line like, oh yeah, I do want to do Audie Murphy when you know, whenever I'm a NCO because you know i seen sergeant sent in like i one of um he's like super chill it's not like what i've always heard about audi murphy like i wanted like i wanted to be part of like give that not the part of like it's just the board and like once you get it like you think that you're above everybody else and um because it's not like it's such a great club like it's especially like with the volunteer work like I truly enjoyed that and um I know you're very familiar with volunteer work because oh, man. We did you did together. it you just did it because you wanted to like you were one of the if not like the one person that I knew that like volunteered the most um so that I I really enjoyed that process and like you know you get to meet all these you know fellow veterans like and they're telling you the stories while you're loading up the food boxes and the, yeah. and the pickup and awesome. it, it, it's such like an awesome experience um and so i really enjoy that and i'm definitely going to miss that but it's it's something that i know that i can take as far as volunteer goes like i want to be a big advocate for veterans in tech especially like just in general like if it's transition i want to give my experience and i also want to focus on you know, veterans and soldiers that want to have a career in tech, like, what does it look like? I'm not, I can't guarantee you a job, but I can tell you what I did and, you know, what to better, uh, put you in a better position that I was when I was first planning to start this new career. So I'm really excited about that. That is uh, something that I, I kind of already started, like I, just mostly like just people reaching out like whenever people reach out to me and linkedin and they'll see of course like u.s army and mm -hmm. um software engineer and i've already had a, a couple of people reach out and like man it's like such an excitement like automatically like you know i introduce myself and i'm like all right like there's a lot of information let's set up a zoom meeting and let's do it and like it it, it it brings me like that joy of like man like i had a lot of people help me through like the transition and like now i can like give it back and like it's like such an awesome feeling um 
So I'm really excited to like put myself more out even more to for that for transitioning soldiers and soldiers and veterans that want to get into tech. Yes, man. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, you're definitely leading from the front and uh, it shows you're a trailblazer in all that you do. And you really inspired me without you even knowing to even go be a part of the, the SAMC because I saw what you represented. You and, you and Sean First Class Turner, my homeboy, were the only two members of the SAMC that really made me lean into it and really dedicated all that I had because like you said um, we we went to the American um, Legion together uh, yep. and, and donated and picked up supplies and things like that and Pinsaken but it was more like having an opportunity given from hire by ASAMC uh, Command Sergeant Major you know allowing us the uh, opportunity during the duty day to see that you know we can help someone in the uniform out of the uniform doesn't matter but i saw it as uh the caring of the camaraderie of what that actually meant you know um and i, I don't think that that actually stays within the club but it goes out wherever we go and wherever you go your life's gonna shine no matter what thank you thank you brother that that truly means a lot and i am um, i know i've told you before like i'm really excited on where what this podcast represent and i'm i'm actually looking forward to even being more in it and you know if you if you know of anybody that want to know more about a certain topic um especially like in tech like or transitioning like sure let me know and i can get as much information as i can and like with my experience like I would love to um, just give as much of knowledge and experience through this great platform. Yes, greatly appreciated. I'll definitely make a poll uh, on each of the segments of this episode and make sure that we figure out exactly what people want to hear from you information-wise, whether it be tech, whether it be financial, you know, no, of course he's not a financial advisor, but things that he's learned that helps him you know stay focused on his financial goal um we'll definitely be plugging that in and, uh, on tiktok on each one teach one podcast clips you can link that in with the tiktok and i'll definitely have it on my instagram on my story because it's important for us to get this information out for those veterans transitioning in that uh, veteran evaluation system process or the ideas process um, it's, it's imperative, guys. Please stay focused. Just don't be so concerned about the messenger. Uh, listen to the message. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is good information here. And I'm truly uh, thankful for you giving me the time you have because your time is so valuable. I appreciate you giving me some of your time tonight so that we can get this information captured. Uh, I appreciate it. Of course, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you for letting me share this experience. Um, I, and I'm just excited to just see where this podcast go podcast goes, just sharing all this knowledge. And I'm sure there's going to be at least one episode for somebody out for each one of you. So, um, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, 
yeah, I, I'm proud of you, man. It's Thank you. it's amazing. Thank you, because I truly you you've watched um, several of the things that I had to overcome, and I, I like to think that I did it with a smile on my face. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, plenty of uh, days of extra duty and stuff, and cutting lots of grass. And I never complained. I knew what I had at stake, and. I think you highlighted best tonight, and it's about being self-aware and staying focused on your journey and your goals that you set out for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Um, again, V, I appreciate you coming on the show. This is not the end. You will be on the full video one. You're going to have to set something up either this year. I know you're busy with school and work and all the different things changing in life, but we're going to have to sit down, whether it be to go over to DR and film it or at the villa i don't know we're gonna figure something out brother but gonna, I'm, this is not we'll have to it. rent one <laughs> we're we, we gonna, we gonna figure something out we'll do something <laughs> yeah man I, I, yeah definitely um especially out here in texas you gotta bring the family out here yeah man and i'm definitely coming to texas i'm i've been meaning to tell you that offline but i'm definitely gotta go up there because man you're right uh you know, property is definitely something that I'm looking to lean into because I don't have that on my sector yet. And I, I would love to deep dive into learning more about um, property. If you have any information, then I would just love to see it for myself as well. Yeah, I'm actually like, whenever I mention that I get into this rabbit hole and like just fixate on something, I've been like looking at every single neighborhood in Houston or like the suburbs yeah. outside of the loop of Houston and like just because mostly like to see like where we want to live and raise a family so right. I have very little information but just enough to give you an idea now <laughs> well, that's enough you know like all it takes is just a spark and then I can kind of run from there man uh, yeah I know a lot of uh I know a lot of great gentlemen in uh, the Houston area so that's why I'm saying it's long overdue I have so many people to see anyway and it's just a plus for us to kind of, you know, just get together and sit down and get close to, uh, you know, sitting down like we used to back in the day, man. We I have know, right? <laughs> big and we have, you know, the Philly <laughs> days, man, sitting on the yeah. rooftop. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. it's amazing. We're, we will definitely link soon enough. We have so much to catch up on. And again, I'm, I'm truly proud of you as well. It's always a pleasant pleasant uh surprise to have you know you come around and you know bring more knowledge in my life because it's always gonna spark me to do better and motivate me for real thanks brother and much love to your family appreciate it appreciate it bro same and likewise to you and uh to all our listeners out there we appreciate everything you do remember if you like the podcast don't forget to like it follow the podcast so you can get updates on all the different parts that are coming with Maximo Vicente segments. Stay motivated, stay encouraged, and as always, stay inspired. Peace. As you can see from um, the presentation, man, it's... uh you know, it's 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 we proud to um offer up something to our to our you know fellow service members and comrades and also extending to you know you got first responders, firefighters, you know, police officers, man, anybody that's serving, man, we we uh all the above, man. Absolutely. And this is immaculate, like you said, 
even the styling of the box and just you know giving a, a nostalgic feeling to the bdu uh attire that was worn i think it really embodies you know the warrior and even though when you open it it even has like a nice note left in it doesn't it oh yeah that's um that's you know jeff paying homage to uh you know lamar and i being um two warriors that um inspired a man um uh, lamar is definitely um somebody that's um an influence um, um to me man i mean 11 bravo man that cat did multiple deployments man um he's he's actually a, a philadelphia firefighter man still still serving um you know jeff successful businessman giving back to the community man and you know yes. We just um, make a good team, but that is a that is a good cigar, man. That's six by sixty, man. It's a, you know, it's a nice size cigar, man. And um, you know that that uh, Indonesian, Honduran tobacco with a hint of Nicaraguan, man. It's quality flavors in there, man. You know, <laughs> flavors, flavors, absolutely. Absolutely. Feels like a nice little cocoa, like a espresso, dark chocolate in there in the morning. Absolutely, absolutely man, man, it's just so good, full body. I love it, and um, you know, I will also say, you know, this is something that I really want to get behind. But how can some of those veterans who are, you know, abroad? Because like my my listeners are in Guam. Shouts out to Guam. My listeners in Guinea. I have guys all over the world. So. Is it a possibility they could probably get this shipped to them? Yeah, there's a there's there's um there's you know ways we can get this. Uh, obviously, some restrictions depending on uh what countries they are in, but we we you know we can make some do with most um most requests um to have them shipped, man. So you know, just get with us on a, on a, on a case by case, man, and we'll we'll address it accordingly. All right. Is there a website you want to uh, let some of the listeners know they could go to? Absolutely. You can go to PearsonJeffries.com. That's P-I-E-R-S-O-N-G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-S. PearsonJeffries.com. And Warrior Class Cigars is, is on there along with some other selections from Jeff. Um, we also have um, a code for all of your listeners. Um, you'll put that in the in the description so that they can um, get them. Uh, we got some, you know, some discounted things going on for um, the warriors out there that want to partake, man. So you got outstanding. Absolutely, we appreciate man. it. So check the check so the much. check the uh, you know the description uh, for the code. And um, enjoy yourself, man. And I appreciate, you know, everybody for their service, man. I appreciate you for your platform and bringing me on, man. This is really, uh, it's really been a, been a, been good going down memory lane, man. Absolutely. And this is only the beginning, like I told you before. We're going to keep this going. We're going to keep the knowledge growing and sit back and enjoy one of these nice Warrior Class cigars while we do it in the future, brother. How about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh man! Until next time, brother. Hey, please, everybody. Shouts out to PG. Shouts out to everybody who's doing amazing things, and to the rest of our brothers. Stay inspired. Salute.
wrap up today's discussion, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to all the veterans out there. Your dedication and sacrifice and unwavering commitment have paved the way for a better world. Remember, the challenges you faced and overcame have not only shaped your character, but also the future of our nation. Keep your spirits high, for your experiences are a testament to your resilience. As veterans, you are beacons of strength, and your stories continue to inspire us all. Embrace the journey ahead with your same courage, knowing that your legacy of valor will forever light the path of others. Thank you so much for your service, and may your future be filled with just success, purpose, and endless opportunities. And as always, please, please stay inspired.